Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Kernels of Truth brought to you by Progress Kentucky. Uh, we have an important episode for you this week. We're going to go over the results from uh, this week's primary elections, uh, talk a little bit about what it means for our great Commonwealth and the folks we'll be seeing uh, on the ballot in November. Some folks will, will actually be uh, who won and will be taking office uh, without uh, a November vote. But uh, then we'll close with our, our call to action. So, uh, But before we get into that, we want to know, are you ready to help turn Kentucky purple? Uh, we know that our Commonwealth has a lot of work to do. If we're going to beat back the red wave of bad politics and policy from the GOP supermajority in Frankfurt, from making unlicensed, unsecured guns an inalienable right, to making ectop uh, ectopic pregnancies a death sentence for women, we are going to need your help. Uh, if you want a Commonwealth that works for all of us, please join Progress Kentucky. It is easy to do. Just follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Take action on our uh, on our website uh, so you can join our email list. Uh, but we would like you to just share, comment on, uh, like our content. If you like what you're hearing here on Kernels of Truth, give us a thumbs up, leave us a review, uh, and or share out the show. Just spread the word. Help us to juice the algorithms to make sure that these tech giants, uh, you know, uh, help uh, help use this megaphone for good. So uh, let's check in with our co-host. Uh, who are you? Where are you? What does your protest sign say today? Uh, and of course, we want to read what you've got uh, to protest today. I feel like there's plenty. Uh, so you can put it in the chat. And if it's a good one, we can share it on the screen for you. So my sign, I'm Aaron. I'm coming to you from uh, Lexington. And my sign says, how can you be pro-life and pro-white supremacist mass shootings. Uh, and then I'll throw it over to my lovely co-host, uh, Kimberly. Uh, I'm just going to say my protest sign says we are truly working very hard and seeing a little bit of the fruits of our labor. Uh, a lot of Democrats have gotten in uh, for the primaries, top contenders, very strong candidates. And I feel confident uh, going into the general election. So my protest sign says, get it, Dems. Get it, Dems. All right. So let's talk about some of these election results. Uh, what one story that I think is interesting was the primary fights that happened with a number of incumbent Republicans uh, who'd you know been in Frankfurt for a bit, who'd even achieved you know the power of committee chairmanships, uh, who had been kind of dependable GOP voices. They were primaried by a number of these Liberty-backed uh, candidates. So the Liberty element. Of the uh, of the Republican Party in in Kentucky seems a little maga to me. They're very 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 conservative, uh, all about guns and uh, abortion. That's all they've got on their websites, campaign websites. Uh, you know, one thing that I think played into the hands of some of these uh, candidates was just that the turnout was abysmally low. So nineteen percent maybe of registered voters voted. Uh, Eighty three percent of those voted actually on Tuesday. Uh, I, I personally was out of town, so I voted uh, early, the no excuse in-person early voting, which happened uh, in every county Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, I found it to be super easy. I just walked into Kroger Field uh, and was in and out in like, I don't know, 10 minutes. 
and so there was no line whatsoever really well high functioning uh democracy of course if you know if you if that's not very close to you you'd have to rely on public transportation and but you know the thing i was a little bit um you know less than enthusiastic about was the fact that i think it closed at four four thirty so uh very kind of limited hours on that thursday friday and saturday uh which you know it's not like we stay open late really on a normal election day, right? So that closes, I think it's 630, uh, which again, I think that's something that should be looked at. But again, weather was beautiful on, on Tuesday and a 19% turnout is just pretty sad. Uh, what that does mean though, is that, you know, if you've got a decently organized constituency, uh, you can, you know, use that to your advantage. Low turnout lets you, you know, makes your votes count that much more. Uh, and it does seem like folks should get ready in Frankfurt. Um, this Liberty Party folks, what we saw in northern Kentucky, a number of races. Uh, they threw out the incumbent. So the 69th district in the House, uh, Adam Koenig, uh, you know, was somebody who's, uh, who did a lot on sports betting. He was one of the leaders in trying to get sports betting through, which, of course, didn't happen. But it was, a, I think, generally a quite popular uh, initiative. But didn't translate in popularity for him. Uh, he was beaten by Steve Doan, uh, who was an Erlinger city councilman uh, and, uh, you know, all about unborn and, and gun rights. That's pretty much. Oh, and fighting against the special interests seeking to raise your taxes. Uh, I don't know. I guess that that's us. Uh, so that's what it says on his website. Uh, all right. And then the 66th district uh, incumbent Ed Massey was thrown out by uh, challenger Steve Rawlings. Uh, and again, he you know, was all about the liberties that have been taken away from us in the past two years. He doesn't list the liberties. Uh, a little vague on what liberties have been uh, you know, taken away from us over the past two years, but he's going to fight to get them back. So that's what he'll be doing. Uh, and then the 60th district, uh, incumbent uh, Sal Santora, was beaten by challenger Marianne Proctor, a constitutional conservative, according to her website, uh, all about preserving the rights of the, uh, you know, the unborn. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, these are folks that will now be a part of that GOP supermajority, but they might not be, you know, party stalwarts. They might have their own agenda that might make things a little bit more interesting and challenging for the GOP to corral there in Frankfurt. I think that's the that's the you know the silver lining that I see in some of these uh, results, but that wasn't across the board. A number of other Liberty Party challengers you know did not uh, you know win in their primary uh, efforts. So Kim King held off uh, Tony Wheatley uh, in the 55th House District, in the 18th House District, Sam uh, Samara Heverin held off Jacob Clark. Jacob Clark and uh, Tony Wheatley got some attention because they were involved with the impeachment effort. Uh, and then Brandon Reed, uh, incumbent in the House 24th, held off Courtney Gilbert. Uh, Gilbert is the sister of the Senator Adrian Southworth, who's, I think, a big part of that, that liberty movement. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the an interesting one would be the Kentucky 20th District Senate race. Um, is that the right one? Oh, no, sorry. Um, the 22nd Senate district race, which was Donald Douglas, uh, the current, you know, just got in through a special election uh, versus Andrew Cooper Ryder. So this was, of course, 
you know, uh, Cooper Ryder got a lot of attention because he wouldn't follow COVID uh, rules and restrictions at, with his coffee shop, became you know one of the leaders in the effort to impeach Governor Brashear. Pretty much laughed out of court on that idea, uh, and uh, and very you know it was a pretty pretty. Uh, I think the turnout in that race was maybe a little bit higher than some of the other background races because Cooper Ryder did have, you know, a bit of a movement working with him. Uh, but uh, Dr. Donald Douglas won with 56% of the vote uh, in that primer. So, you know, three of the fo- primary. So three of the folks who wanted to impeach Governor Bashir uh, and then tried to use that as a springboard into elected office all failed. So that's good to know. I think that's a great takeaway. Uh, and then some other uh, races that I think are worth mentioning uh, would be the Fayette County attorney race. So this was a bit clear kernels of truth bump Fayette County attorneys race, uh, which we, we had uh, Angela Evans on the show. She was the you know primary challenger against Larry Roberts, who'd been in there for 14 ish years. Uh, this Larry Roberts, of course, was the, the, the prosecutor that would not drop charges against uh, one of the Black Lives Matter protest organizers here in Lexington. Uh, she had been charged with inciting a riot. Of course, there was no riot. So uh, hard to see why he would not let that charge uh, fall away. But uh, she kicked his tail. <laughs> she had 70% of the vote. Uh, this is a guy who's been in office for 14 plus years. Uh, and she you know, came on in with a great message and a great you know, great ground game. Kudos to her for uh, working with some, you know, established uh, canvas machines. Uh, so uh, Laurent Veasley did a great job, uh, I think, do, helping her off the, on the field effort. Got knocked on a lot of doors, uh, but, you know, had good name ID because she'd been on city council before. Uh, so she had a district that knew her and liked her, clearly. Uh, but she won citywide, which was awesome. Uh, also, folks who'd appeared on, the, uh, on our show... Uh, we did a, a roundtable with the ur- uh, urban county government at large districts, three of them. Uh, two of the three are moving on. So we had Dan Wu, uh, Dr. Arnold Farr, and James Brown. Uh, and uh, actually, the second highest vote getter was, you know, first time political candidate Dan Wu. So he came in just a few votes under uh, Chuck Ellinger, Ellinger, who's like this family dynasty, right? Chuck's dad, also Chuck Ellinger been on city council, I think forever. Uh, and Chuck, I think he's a Republican, but you know, pretty, pretty, pretty reasonable guy, uh, pretty well, um, established and popular. So he was the top vote getter for the at large seats. Uh, but Dan was just behind him. Uh, and then I think James Brown was actually the third as, uh, and he's of course been in the city council in the first district, I believe. So, uh, really sad that, uh, Dr. Uh, Farr did not make the cut longtime activist, progressive, just concerned, compassionate individual, uh, but, you know, uh, didn't quite have uh, have what it took, uh, fell a few votes short. Uh, but we will see Dan uh, and James Brown on the on the uh, the ballot in November for city council. And of course, uh, current mayor Linda Gordon uh, got 71 percent of the vote. So she's, you know, uh, clearly the favorite uh, ca- council member, uh, David Kloiber. Uh, got second place, uh, but, you know, definitely far, far behind. Um, and then Adrian Wallace, who's been ACLU leader uh, uh, or NAACP leader, I think, locally, uh, and just social justice activist for sure. Uh, also, you know, real estate developer uh, came in third there, so he won't be moving on. 
So uh, a lot of different uh, races that I think are, are interesting. One thing I did want to touch on uh, is, I'm sorry if I jumped around a little bit, uh, Nate, uh, who's trying to pull up images for some of these. Uh, but uh, the there's a lot of stuff going on in, in Louisville, right? So uh, what we saw there, you know, one of the biggest races to my eyes was uh, Morgan McGarvey, Senator, uh, Senate leader, minority leader Morgan McGarvey, running against um, Attica Scott, uh, State Representative Attica Scott, for that uh, effort to replace retiring Congressman John Yarmouth. So, of course, in the Kentucky delegation, there's only the Louisville-based district that is, uh, you know, the Democrats have it, even a shot of holding, which, you know, I think it's a pretty strong Democratic district. We'll see what happens uh, in November but a really, really important race to see who would uh, you know, pick up the mantle for that district and be the presumptive favorite. And you know, one thing to keep in mind is that Representative Attica Scott was running for a long time before Congressman Yarmouth announced that he would be retiring. Uh, and then I think it was within 30 seconds of him announcing his retirement, uh, Senator McGarvey uh, threw his hat in the ring. Uh, and as, uh, as folks had noted in the media, you know, he did a really good job fundraising. He definitely raised more than uh, Attica was able to. Uh, and, you know, he he won pretty, pretty handily. Uh, so it was I was a little surprised. I thought it would be tighter, uh, but it was uh, it was interesting to see that result. Can, can, can I interject just of, for one moment about that? Of course. I'm cool. sorry. I mean, you are talking about Jefferson County. Yeah, just You're, you are. Ex you are our Jefferson Parish political expert. I'm glad to have you uh, chime in. Uh, the largest county in Kentucky, right? So I just want to uh, just a little bit here about Morgan McGarvey and why he won, okay? Uh, all of the blogs, the big time newspapers, uh, Spectrum, all of them have been saying, they keep calling him the establishment pick, hmm. the establishment no, he is not part of the establishment. It's just that he was being himself. Even when it is not um, a voting year, Morgan is always out. He loves people. You know, uh, don't, don't put uh, Morgan and myself together. We're going to cut up something bad, right? Because I call him the man with the perfect hair all the time. And he is just, he cares about the people. He's done so much for all communities, black communities, I can go on and on and on. And yes, did a lot of politicians endorse him? It's not because he made all of these great promises, but it was just found out that um a lot of people started letting their true feelings be uh, to be known on um, his top challenger. So uh, Morgan is not establishment. He is progressive and he is going to be visible and he's going to do a great job. I mean, we just know it because he's done a great job so far with the cards that he has been dealt in Frankfurt. So we look forward to uh, him going to Washington in January 
And that's all I got to say about it. Well, he had a good he had a good quote. Uh, you know, there's two ways to run. There's only two ways to run an election. And that's unopposed or scared. Uh, so he's not taking it for granted, which I think is really important. This is not necessarily, you know, as they say, there are headwinds for Democrats right now. If you folks, you know, harken back. And of course, it's a different the dif- district uh, looks different. But, you know, and Northrop held that district for a very long time. So that was, in fact, a Republican district for a really long time. And well, there are well, some uh, I, I Democrats. Gotta, I got I to gotta interject right there. Can I? Don't be looking like that, Aaron. Go, go ahead. You, 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 you have interjected. Else. Just continue to interject. Okay, don't be looking like that, though. Don't, don't do it. Okay, it's not that far from Louisville to Lexington. <laughs> yeah, dig. Okay, right. No. Um, actually... And Northrop was a good person. Uh, she did come into. I didn't say she wasn't good. I wait said she was a Republican. You, you I said she was a minute. Republican. I can't even see your face. <laughs> I can't even see your face. So I'm just saying. It might have looked red, but it wasn't really red. Yeah. She was, she was one of those brand. rare Republicans that was going to do something about what was happening in her district, period. And she was very, very close with my mom. Okay. My mom, the late Barbara Brown, a very diehard Democrat mm-hmm. through and through and through. But my mom took ill. And I know this to be a fact that when Ann was in town, she would come to the hospital and always bring my mom flowers. And if she was up on the hill in D.C., she made sure that flowers were delivered to my mom's hospital room. And she always made sure to call my mom. So she was like a Republican. I don't know what you call What do you call a Republican mixed with a lot of Democrat? Uh, a Republican. She was a Republican. She she voted for the Republican Speaker of the House. She was a Republican. But no, I get it. I get it. She was nice to your mom and she was more compassionate. She was the, you know, the George Bush style, compassionate conservative, maybe. Um, Or, you know, back in the day when we brought money into the West End, she brought actual money. All right. So I didn't I didn't have this on the run of show to to debate the legacy of Ann Northrup. But I will say this. I think, you know, (laughs) I think it's the idea that that district is absolutely a lock and safe is not quite accurate. Um, and who knows? I mean, I, I think Morgan's great. He's been a guest on this show. I think Attica is great. She was our first guest on the show and was a repeat guest and was always a very giving of her time. So I was a little surprised it wasn't uh, wasn't closer. But, uh, you know, what do you think, Kimberly? You're, you're not. You know, yeah. No one. I get you on the establishment story, uh, you know, and I think Morgan's a great politician and I'm excited to see, you know, this race. And I really like to see him, uh, you know, go from minority minority leadership in Frankfurt to what will likely be minority party status uh, in Washington, D.C. So he's used to it. So that'll be that'll be good for him. His expectations are low. Uh, but, you know, what did you think about that race? You know, I know that you, you, you like uh, Morgan, which, you know, no one's no one's challenging that idea, but did you expect it to be that much of a kind of a wipeout? Yes, I did. Yeah, I really did. Um, 
when it comes to the wire and the rubber meets the road and you have to figure out who you are going to be for and what do you want your future to look like? Um, the reason why I liked Morgan, not just because we could laugh and cut up, I could do that with anyone and I might not vote for them, right? I might not, I dropped my pen, I'm sorry. I might not vote for them, okay? But he has a track record, even with all of the stalling that there is in Frankfurt, he does have a record of getting some things passed. So that's what we are interested in. We're interested in things for our children, our grandchildren, and on and on and so forth. And from what I can see, the Morgan you saw on the uh, campaign trail is the same Morgan you're going to see the year that he doesn't have to campaign at all. He's going to always be that man to really just connect with his constituency, um, actually hear and, and take the best road possible for us. So uh, we're very confident and the numbers show, they don't lie, that uh, District 3, which is all of Jefferson County, we believe in Morgan. All right. Well, uh, yeah, he's he's running scared, which is uh, which I think is not a bad. Don't take anything for granted in politics. I think is what it comes down to, which I think is a really good time to transition to uh, to some Lexington outcomes. Let's talk a little bit what happened in Lexington, because there were there was at least one shocker. So we talked a little bit about the city uh, government, the you know, the Fayette County attorney. We talked about city council. Let's talk about state house so a couple things are uh you know not necessarily remarkable but chad all uh won in the 79th house district primary so that is susan westrom who is retiring uh that is a very safe democratic seat and in fact there is no republican running so congratulations chad all uh that one was i think you know there's a contest there for sure and then in the 75th district where uh longtime progressive leader uh kelly flood uh, is retiring. That was Susan Westrom versus Lindsey Burke, uh, and Lindsey Burke won. So that is who's going to be going on to serve in Frankfurt, because again, no Republican uh, is has run in that race. So uh, there we go. Uh, that's what's happening in those two districts. Uh, and then, um, I mean, they were contested. They weren't. They weren't that contested. So, um, and actually, I think Chris Couch had kind of who's running against Burke. I think he'd kind of withdrawn and wasn't actively campaigning. Uh, some, you know, some things happened there that got him some bad press. Uh, he only got 517 votes to her 2000, nearly 3000 votes. And then Chad all got uh, 2,790 votes versus uh, Justin Bramhall, who was actively campaigning and was trying to win that, uh, that primary. He only got 422 votes. So, uh, there's those. Uh, all right. And I think because we're talking about Lexington, we've got a Lexington based, uh, you know, special co-host joining us right now uh, and uh, forgetful uh, individual, <laughs> uh, Nima, Nima Brewer. Hey, Nima. Hey, sorry, guys. Let me just tell you what I was watching. And that's how I got <laughs> totally sucked in. So I'm watching this show. I'm a huge murder show person, by the way. And so I'm watching this show about the murder of the basketball player, the Lorenzen Wright in Memphis. Oh. And so I got so wrapped up into this show 
And then I, I'm like not even paying attention to social media or anything. And then I get on Twitter just briefly and there's like, well, Nima might show up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, this is awful. So I have an addiction to murder shows. I apologize up front. And, and I know I probably need to seek help for it. <laughs> um, but uh, so thank you guys. Yes. Um, I'll tell you, Lexington, uh, the, you know, in the house, state house, uh, I, I feel pretty good about where we're at right now, especially with the people that are coming in and the people that are leaving. You know, I think those are good fits. Uh, the thing that we have to focus on in Lexington is um, really uh, defending the 88th. And that is Sherilyn Stevenson's uh, seat that they have moved a lot into Scott County. And so that's one of the candidates now that Chad All and Lindsey Burke have gone through. I hope that we um, Democrats can rally around Sherilyn and, and get her through. Uh, they keep just coming after her, y'all. And I don't know how to. And I don't have an answer for it. I guess, you know, they, maybe they just don't like her at, at all or her face or her friends. Who knows? But um, anyway, that's kind of where I'm at on that. But I did want to back up, Kimberly, to what you were talking about with Morgan uh, and that race. I wasn't surprised either, but it brought up a really interesting thing the last few weeks for me watching it and following it um, on social media and um any, you know, and, and on Twitter and everything else and in the papers. And I want to ask you guys this question because I have thoughts about this. Can activists be politicians? And I think there is this three, like this three levels of, of politics, right? I think you have activists, I think you have advocates, and then I think you have electeds, right? And so they all three need to work together. Uh, they don't have to like each other, but they have to at least work together for a common good. But they all have a particular role in that peak, that three-step process. And I know for me personally, I'm an activist. I'm not a politician. I'm never going to be able to play nice in the sandbox. I'm never going to not be over the top on some of the things that I say because I'm never going to apologize for them. And, you know, I, but I can work across the aisle with people who are willing to work with me on this, on similar issues. But I do think it's hard to go from activism to uh, the state house. What do you guys think? Or even any political uh, seat? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think it is absolutely, you know, they're different roles. I think it takes different personality types. Uh, I like to say I run from office, not for office. Uh, Me too, I think it's, Aaron. You know, it's, I, and it's not like there are people beating down my door, let's be honest. Right. But, you know, I, I want to, I want to be just as blunt as I, I need to be. I want to be as forceful as I need to be. I don't, my job, you know, at some level, my job is a, you know, job you know, my passion for engagement in our political system uh, that does not pay me, as my wife reminds me, uh, is in fact, you know, it's it's about having a cause and, and bringing your passion to it. It's not about necessarily finding common ground and keeping everyone happy or, you know, or like, so I think politicians have to be far more mindful of the other side of the perspective, at least their constituents' perspective, right? Uh, so, you know, that's not a role that I think, you know, I'm cut out for, uh, cause you know, 
I, I don't necessarily care about the other side's arguments. You know, I want to figure out how to undercut them and I want to figure out how to get the folks who are waffling to come to our side. Uh, but yeah, so I don't think, I don't think they're the same role and it's for activist v advocate. Yeah. I think I, I've, I've been able to kind of straddle that line from time to time. It depends on the issue and there's things I go like way in depth on and become more of an expert on. I'm happy to be an advocate for those policies, but a lot of it, you know, especially in the kernels of truth world, it's like, you know, this is, we're going to bring on the advocates to tell us a little bit more in depth about what's happening mm -hmm. in these issues. Uh, so again, I'm, I'm happy with the activist hat. Uh, and I completely concur, Nima, that it's not, you know, they're not the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Kimberly, what do you um, think, man? Well, um, the first thing that came to mind is um, Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. He started off in Chicago as a community organizer. Mm -hmm. So he was organizing uh, rallies. He was organizing canvassing. Um, he was in the in the streets of Chicago for the community, and he went from there to a state seat. So, was he an advocate or was he an activist? Tell yeah. Nima, tell me. I mean, you two Lexington folks, you know, double teaming Jefferson <laughs> County. Well, I, think <laughs> I love it. I love it, girl. I love it. I so, tell me mm -hmm. what exactly. Like, I think to me, like an advocate is like, I'm with y'all. I'm with y'all, what you need. You need some mm -hmm. waters down there while you're protesting. You need me to cash app you, send a check. Or an activist is the one that's going to actually walk in the streets with the people and make it happen. Well, I think I'd like to think that sometimes that I'm an advocate. And because I because I do pride myself in knowing a lot about public education issues. Right. And sometimes, I, like I said, sometimes I can play really, really nice, you know, and I can be rather charming when I want to be. But the majority of the time. I do prefer to be the one that doesn't sit down with people, but basically raises hell. I mean, it's kind of like Aaron was saying, that is my, much more of my personality than, you know, uh, sitting down in meetings and saying, hey, you know, can we work together on this? I'm, I lean much more to the hell raising side, but I also understand the work for the advocate side because I can do that. It's not what I like to do. You know, I mean, that's not, I'm not as comfortable, I guess, is the word I'm trying to say in it. And so, you know, it's just one of those things. I don't know. And it's, but you brought up a really good point about Barack Obama. And, but I also think about, you know, in New York and those places, AOC. And, you know, I, I think it's a general style that people have, you know, and it makes sometimes crossing that line more difficult. Because I always say my job as an, an activist is to basically raise enough hell to where the advocates can get in the room and say stuff and, and get the word out. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand exactly what you're saying now. So, yes, an advocate or and or an activist or the word that you use, the advocates. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like 
we can jump into the roles that we need to jump into. I'm mm. not interested in running for an office at this particular time. Boo. Although I'm constantly asked to. Mm -hmm. But I, 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 my rush, my high is uh, the communications piece and, uh, you know, on a campaign, right? Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, but... No, that negates what I said. I'm sorry. You're a teacher. I apologize. I'm no, sorry. I'm not a teacher. No, I had a teacher. <laughs> okay, well, you advocate for them. I'm sorry, Miss Nima, but I, um, I love I them. I'm a good any. I think at any time we could just jump into whatever role mm. that's needed. I'm sure that myself and Aaron, we are not, and I mean, we're not interested really in running for offices. However, if it came down to the wire and our chairman of the party said, look, Aaron, you know, we're yeah. going to give you whatever you need to beat such and such. Then you have to think to yourself, are you like Amy McGrath? Like, I'm not really thinking about running for nothing, but Chuck Schumer calls you. What do you do? You say, oh, no, I came to you and I, my kids. And I don't, I don't know that that's the story at all. I think that is a, full, that is a wholly fictional story about how, uh, how she got uh, to run. But I will say this. Honestly, I, somebody, it's not. It's it is. Not. I know how no, it works. Not. I know how, how, how it went down. How it um, go down. Girl, you see how he's doing me today? You know, you can't do nothing with him. And I came into the conversation like... I'm trying to keep around. my cool. Yep. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Try to keep that cool. Come on over here in your fast car and, and take me on, Kimberly. I got to drive. Oh, I got to say something. I got to so say nice. something. It, this has nothing... This is nothing politically inclined. Okay. Nate, I like to see my, my colleagues at the same time. I like being in the middle like that. That was cute. <laughs> she yes. wants to see the response. I feel like Joy Reid. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, yesterday I dropped off my car. Okay. When you dropped it off, how? Like Yeah. Erin, you saw when my trunk couldn't even go down. We oh, went to Christy oh, Brown, the, the yeah. billionaire's house. And my trunk, because the lady hit me in the back, back in March. And finally... Well, it was dark. And I got in on one side. So I didn't see any real problem. I was awestruck by it. I thought it was a beautiful... I'm glad it's going to be fully fixed and beautiful. This is not, though, uh, car talk. So I just, but I, mean, I, I just needed to tell you that. <laughs> I just glad. needed to tell you that. I'm, I want to get because it once I get my car again. back, man, I'm going to be on the road. I'm going to be on the road with Charles Booker. He says he's going everywhere, and I I'm going to go right with him. You I better. love it. Yeah. So here's the thing: it. if somebody said, "Hey, Aaron, you need to run," first they have to take down all the kernels of truth because there's so many incendiary things I have said here that are just living on the internet, waiting for someone to pluck them, which I think is actually a really good transition. So I'm going to try to get us back. Uh, speaking of outrageous things just sitting there on the internet um i don't know if folks have have processed this but in one of the kentucky races or one of the lexington area races that i was a little shocked by uh perennial candidate jeff young uh one who thinks the kentucky democratic party are a bunch of uh you know thieves and has in fact sued the kentucky democratic party in the past he is somebody who ran against uh, Andy Bashir in 2019, he ran for governor. You might not have noticed, 
but he did call uh, Andy Bashir a crook uh, in in that in that race. And now you go to young4ky.com, you will see right there on the top. Unlike Andy Barr quote, I will never vote to send weapons to Nazis because the effort to fund Ukraine's uh, you know defense against this Russian invasion in Jeff Young's eyes, Ukraine is brimming with Nazis. I don't know if you've heard some of that language in other places and other forums, uh, but that would be Putin's argument, uh, which, you know, I don't think anyone believes except for apparently Jeff Young. Uh, and so we, we have now in the kind of at the federal stage, we've got some agreement apparently from Jeff Young, candidate for peace, he says. Uh, his number one policy plank is to abolish the CIA. Uh, and uh, our own Rand Paul, because I don't know if you guys noticed this in the news, uh, you should have. Rand Paul single-handedly held up the vote for aid to Ukraine. He sent uh, Mitch McConnell and a delegation of Republicans mm -hmm. to Ukraine empty-handed because he was able to hold up that vote. You know they planned to show up with like, you know, hey, we just passed the, ch we're going to give you billions of dollars to fund your heroic uh, fight against uh, Russia. But they couldn't do that. They're like, we're pretty sure <laughs> we're going to get the money to you. Uh, you're just going to need to trust us. I got to, you know, talk to Rand when I get back or whatever. Anyway, so Rand Paul, Jeff Young apparently have some things in common. Uh, don't think that we should be just, you know, willy nilly funding those who will stand against, uh, you know, uh, Putin's uh, attacks against Russia. So, uh, but, you know, we had Chris Priest on the show you know, friend of Kernels of Truth, Chris was running a well-intentioned uh, kind of heart-led campaign against Jeff Young, against, you know, trying to win the primary so we could take on Andy Barr. I don't think he was necessarily thinking, yeah, I got to get, get past that Jeff Young guy. He's a real serious candidate. But Jeff Young, you know, had a billboard. I never saw a Chris Priest billboard in, in Lexington. Uh, and it's just, it's a little shocking that we've gone from Amy McGrath coming within three points of taking down Andy Barr uh, just three elections ago for this seat to, you know, Josh Hicks, who was a phenomenal candidate who I think really would have given Andy Barr an absolute run for his money this election. You know, last year, I think the Trump, you know, math did not make the sixth district nearly as uh, competitive as it could be. Of course, now things have been changed and the district's, you know, different and they took away Frankfurt, Franklin County, which is a, you know, a store of, you know, with some really good Democrat votes there. Uh, and it's a district that, you know, I think somebody like Josh Hicks could absolutely win uh, in a non-pandemic, non-Trump year. Uh, so yeah, this is absolutely, yeah, it's like in three elections, we've gone from an amazing, can I, I will say it to anyone, and I'll fight anyone that tells me that she's not an amazing candidate. I think she was an amazing candidate uh, and ran a, you know, a phenomenal race and would not have lost but for Trump coming to Richmond, uh, you know, the week before the election and firing up his troops to vote against her, uh, you know, bringing Andy Barr on stage. Uh, but then, you know, Josh Hicks, really fantastic. Now it's going to be Jeff Young. Well, I think for me, um, and I'll be honest, it, it occurred to me and some of my friends tonight that, hell, he could can, he can win it. I mean, why not? Why not? It is Kentucky. It is, you know, we've gone down this rabbit hole of insanity. And so why not? I say, 
why not? And if he wins, I mean, I'll probably just have to check myself into the nut house. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, but this is where we are. And, you know, and as Democrats, uh, you know, we should be embarrassed for what we have allowed our local parties to become. We don't have a bench. And, you know, I mean, we should be embarrassed. And this should really be the thing where we say to ourselves, what the hell, y'all? I mean, I'm just going to be honest. At this point in 2022, why the hell not could Jeff Young win? I mean, let's just be honest because it tracks. It tracks with the last several years of sheer hellscape that we've been in in this state. So why not? I mean, yeah. why not, y'all? That's all I'm asking right now. I think if you, you know, if you added in a Q plank, like, you know, that he was going to help support the efforts to, you know, rid Washington, D.C. of the, you know, uh, pedophile Dems, then maybe, maybe, maybe that'll get him enough credibility on the And on I the had base. that Kentuckians cared that much about the CIA. You know, that's the other thing. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I don't lay around it not thinking about the CIA. Hell, I never thought about the CIA. But, you know, I'm just like, listen, it's Kentucky. It's 2022, y'all. Anything could happen. And, you know, I was very, and I'll go back to the Amy McGrath thing. I was not a McGrath fan for the Senate race. Loved, loved, loved her for the House race. Senate race, she lost me. But, you know, I was a Booker girl, which caused some problems. But, you know, uh, you know. I love democracy. And I will not say, I, I was psyched to see a competitive primary for sure. And I don't think that Amy McGrath was anointed by uh, Chuck Schumer. I think Kimberly was right in some degree. She was recruited to run for that. She was thinking about it. She knew that she had, you know, the fundraising machine to do it. But I was in conversations. All right. It's not like me and Amy were talking one on one. <laughs> she was talking to a bunch of people and I was in the room and I'm listening to what she was saying. And like, I, I was like, I think maybe you should just keep running for this seat. Like, let's run. Let's do it again and see what happens in two years. That was my Sage Council. I don't know. Call she heard Amy it. right now. <laughs> ask her. I'm gonna call Amy. Let me call her up right well, now. I'm calling her up. But what well, I will Amy. say, I was psyched I, to see a competitive. I'm say, Amy. I think we're always better with did, a competitive. Did Chuck primary. Schumer? Uh, <laughs> did he bromance you into running for city? Hold on. A M Y. Amy. I'm but she knew she right could. Now. She knew she could do the job, right? Not that she could win. I think she thought there was a chance, and there's a very specific strategy that she was running to run in this red city, their state, right? And you know, now I'm. You know, I, I did not endorse this move. Uh, I am. See, now you're just showing off. It's 7:44. She's putting kids. He's got her number too. It's 7:44. She's putting kids to bed. She's not picking up. Yeah, she's with um, the babies. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm so sorry she was with the baby. I, I keep forgetting she got little bitty kids. I mean, they're getting older, but I will say this. I am excited to see what happens. This Rand Paul race versus Booker. We can finally, the progressive, oh, thank God. You just have to run like a progressive, and then you're going to win in Kentucky. We can now, well, finally I test that and mm -hmm. in, a state, in, a, in a race that, you know, no, why not? Like, as you said, Nima, why not? You know, but Trump, Trump's not on the top of the ballot, rallying his mouth-breathing base. Like, uh, Rand Paul's going to have to do it on his own. I don't know if you noticed, Rand Paul's been engaging in other primaries 
you know, he went into Ohio. I think he went to, uh, what was the other one? I think was he in Pennsylvania? He, he like endorsed some people there. He was cutting ads for people. Uh, all his endorsed candidates have lost. <laughs> and he's like, uh, I think he's a hundred percent. Anyone that he cut an ad for did not win. I'm like, what? Who is this? Well, well also sir? let me say this. This is something that needs to be known for everyone to get out there and vote for Charles Booker because this next term, if he wins it again, he will be in line for a chairmanship if the Republicans take the Senate because right now we're 50-50 with uh, Madam Vice President, my sorority sister, Kamala Harris. So um, Call her. Call Kamala. Let's get her. Well, what? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. See, y'all messing with me now. Don't mess with me now. When Amy when Amy calls back, uh, we'll we'll patch her in. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna tell her all about what y'all said. Okay. You know, there's a lot of there's too. a lot of races that really matter. The Kentucky one, I'll be honest. I was uh, you know, I do have a paying job that uh works in politics as well. It's more of an advocate role. Uh, and I was talking to our What's that? It went straight to voicemail. Straight Don't to voicemail. With me. Didn't you hear it, Nima? It went straight to voicemail. Listen. I wouldn't I... say that live on the air. Just <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, that wouldn't that wouldn't be my claim. I'm impressed I, you have her phone number. I am fangirling right now. I'm impressed. <laughs> you don't know who she I know. Needs to bed. Why are you bothering her? It's it's bedtime. There are baths to be given. Well, you think she is? 80. Have you tried to? Have you watched? Who are you talking about Kamala? You, she don't have any kids. Have you ever? She's who got are you some calling? nieces and nephews. Who are you calling right now? She needs to be able to pick up the phone at three a.m. like Hillary could. Okay. You called Camel? Who you? You? You did not. I'm not call calling nobody at three a.m. I don't want them calling me. But uh, I'm gonna call uh, Madam Vice President Kamala back. Wait, what is going Plus, on here? Oh my phone! I can look. I can show you these text messages from Barack Obama. Y'all playing text with messages me. from Barack? I get those too. I get those text messages. <laughs> Do from you Barack have his Obama. phone number where he said you could call? <laughs> I get I get emails from he Speaker Pelosi, and they're urgent. They're urgent emails. <laughs> I got that number. Do y'all want that number? I give it to everybody. He said, "Call him on this number." I'm I'm telling you the gods that is true. I'm not playing. No. Barack Obama said, "Call him on this number." Hold on, what's the number? Okay, it's a Chicago number. That that checks. Area code. Wait, no, he lives everybody in DC write now. this down. He lives in DC. Call Barack. He said, call him. Area code 773-365-9687. All right, say that one more time. 773 what? <laughs> I'm calling it. Uh, oh, I got his voicemail. You went to, straight to voicemail there too? That's weird. <laughs> I, I, look, y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all, you know what? Y'all not right. No, I'm a believer right now. I am a believer in your content. Okay, you're talking. You can't even hear his voice. So let me do it one more time just for the rope. Hi, it's Barack Obama. Send me a I heard him. I'm just going to say, though, he he was an organizer. He wasn't an activist. And you know he was the most cerebral organizer that 
ever. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't because I was on the communications team for Hillary Clinton for president. And you know what? He had to be vetted. And I had to sign NDAs. Barack is cool, man. He's what you want to call a corporate thug here. He is not to be played around with. Okay. Okay. And Michelle, don't mess with her. Her, her mama will beat you down. <laughs> but you just heard it. Hi, this is Barack. <laughs> and I gave everybody the telephone number, but please don't tell him I gave it to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so on that line of thinking, do you think that we'll ever be able to regain that magic that we had uh, with Barack, I know I stayed up, watched the, you know his acceptance speech, cried, you know, uh, and and it was such a time of hope and and um, you know, sorry, my cat's uh, wanting up here, but you know, I just felt like energized and that we were moving in a right direction, and then it just seems like all hell broke loose, and and I don't know what happened to us, like you know what happened. I can tell you, I I know, I know. And I don't hardly know anything. Aaron could tell you that. I just, I'm a communications person. I know how to spin stuff. But uh, the real deal, and I remember this, uh, the night that, you know, we knew Hillary, mm -hmm. she didn't get it, right? Yeah. And Van Jones on CNN, you know what he said? Mm -hmm. He said that this is a white lash against a black president. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and but, where, but where did all of us like where did all of our voters go? Did the, we're still you know there. What I'm saying? I think I, we're still there. And I think a lot of us turned out. I mean, a lot of that coalition turned out for for Biden. You know, Biden would not have been our you know nominee and eventually our president. But for incredibly strong turnout from the black community, mm -hmm. you know, obviously, yeah. I think the youth turned out for him. You yeah, turned out for him in a real way in the general. Yeah. Right. Wait a uh, minute, so, Doug Price put out here phone number matches to a Barack Obama. No, 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 Doug Price, Dougie Fresh. No, 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 no. I got it in my phone, Barack Obama. Y'all just jealous. I know how y'all are, just jealous. So <laughs> we're all jealous of, of Kimberly's no, contacts. Yes. That is, I like that that is true. But that look, is true. The real deal of it is, okay. Obama was fresh. And the one thing that he really, his campaign team was beyond excellent, okay? But whatever mm -hmm. that word may be in Webster's, they understood the power of social media, omni-channels, period. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. first time in history, Doug Price is still talking about that number. Doug Okay, he gave me the, the California number. Just leave him a message. Don't tell him I told you. So that's what it was. They understood where social media was going. I didn't join Facebook until 2009, but my yeah. daughter had been on there since 2000, what, six or seven? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you need to get on here. Da, da, da. Yeah. Yeah, they I agree. That. So who did, who did he rally? Well, let's just say his campaign. Who really had the energy and it just kind of was infectious? 
the young people. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he was all up in their domain, all oh, yeah. up in their, in the DMs, as they say. They say it all goes down in the DMs. <laughs> so I'm sure it was all in the DMs. And the young people were so excited for this cool guy that wears Wayfarer, Ray-Ban Wayfarers, okay? Mm -hmm. And he had that swag and that walk and he had that talk. Those young people, they loved it. And they mm -hmm. told their mamas and grandmamas. And then it just went on and on. And everybody, and I don't even understand why white people was upset. Like, he's half white. Like, I was more excited about Michelle because she looked like me. And, you know, mm -hmm. she just looked like she uses cocoa butter. Okay? <laughs> like, she smells like cocoa butter. And she uses Motion's hair oil on her black hair. Okay, and she looked like her and her mama would knock you out. Mm. So Scarlett Johansson, she had to hurry up and be removed because you know she had a crush on Obama, and Michelle and her mother got her up out of the deal quickly. <laughs> That's why the mama was living at the White House. <laughs> you know, I'm just you know I don't know. I just remember that for myself, and then I guess it just kicked up all the bigots, and you know, and I and I don't think black people were surprised at all that it kicked up the bigots, right? But I do think as, you know, just a white girl from Kentucky that, you know, was just kind of really energized probably for the first time since Bill Clinton, you know, that was the first person I voted for for president. And Really? Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. And I was, you know, and I was energized by him too because, you know, he was on Arsenio Hall show and he, you know, I'm showing my age now, but, you know, I mean, he, you know, he, and it was on the MTV and, you know, that it was just cool. And, you know, and I guess for me, you know, it was a, it was a call to arms too. And it should have been a call to arms for a lot of white people like me. And unfortunately, I think a lot of us moved to the suburbs and decided that, you know, a private school was best for our kids and we didn't want violence in our neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? And it's almost like we kind of went to sleep. Cause I look around sometimes and I'm like, you know, where's everybody at? You know, <laughs> like, well, we we went through no drama, Obama, mm -hmm. smooth, fluid, to everything is bat stuff, crazy. <laughs> like we were like on five, six Red Bulls, like like how we were feeling every day. And the comedian Cat Williams says mm -hmm. it best in one of his uh, net. Uh, specials, Cat Williams. You all know the comedian mm -hmm. Cat Williams, right? Cat yeah. Williams said, as far as us black people were concerned, and he was kind of telling the truth about a lot of other people, but he said, when Trump was in office, we all were looking at the news like it was the NBA playoff. <laughs> and then if somebody left to go get something to eat or use the restroom, they come back, like, what I miss? What I miss? <laughs> And I felt the same way. I'm like, you know what? I need to close myself off from social media for like a day or two. It was hard, but you couldn't even take a day or two off because when you got back, all hell and the third hell broke loose. And 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 Hitler and everybody had come back. Like, what? In two <laughs> days, Trump did what? And he did what and what? That's what we went through. And so now you know, a few, what, a couple of years, going on a couple of years later, we are just now kind of, 
And every time we try to, some mess goes on. Just like Aaron, can I talk about Jefferson County for a moment? The hot tea. Honey, this tea is so hot. You got to go to blow it down because I'm going to tell you something. There is a very, very well-liked man. He was and still is the mayor of J-Town, which is a subdivision within Jefferson County. So, of course, he got the nomination last night, Mr. Bill Durham. But here goes where the problem is. He is so well-liked by even Democrats that they, some of them have come out and professed that they are going to vote for Builder. He is a nice man. However, Frankfurt wants Jefferson County. Frankfurt wants Fayette, Fayette County. Okay, they're doing everything, especially with Jefferson County right now. We talked about that on another uh, show one time, Erin, didn't we? Yeah, I remember. I mean, it's about bad. The school board about the school board with um, Mario Polo, the superintendent, and the school board. And mm-hmm. matter of fact, I saw uh, Pastor Corey Shaw last night, the pastor of Burnett Avenue Baptist Church. It's a big mega church here as well, but he's also on the school board mm-hmm. and he's interested in coming on and talking yes and uh greenberg i like greenberg i like him uh i like the person that advocated for him uh you know barbara sexton smith she was a mm-hmm. former uh metro uh council person uh let me tell you something but when I did this forum that we did for the mayors, the mayoral forum, it was at U of L. I was receiving so many text messages and phone calls. Like they said, he seems fake. He seems like he's going to be a puppet. So we as Democrats far and wide all over this state have to work hard, even in Jefferson County to make sure that the nice man, Mr. Bill Durov, does not get into office because he will be fulfilling the Republicans, or should we say the quasi-Republicans agenda in Jefferson County. And if they can take over Jefferson County, (laughs) Fayette is already on a platter for them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's always... always Jefferson then Fayette you know that's how that's the oh yeah and well you know Linda Gordon actually is a Republican so. I, voted for her. <laughs> I voted for her and 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 my whole thing was is uh you know it's not because I think she makes the best potluck at church on Sundays but I really appreciated the way she handled the pandemic uh here in Lexington and um and you know being a basically a yellow dog Democrat you know, it was hard for me at first because I'm like, wait a minute, isn't she a Republican? But then I'm like, okay, but she did a really nice job during the pandemic. And, you know, I think she could have done a better job when we were having the protest downtown uh, that coincided with you guys. I think she could have done a better job, uh, but it wasn't anything like it was 
in Louisville with the chaos, with cops shooting at the media. And, you know, it, it was nothing, you know, uh, to that level. And so I just really appreciated her calm head. And let, let me tell you something. She's kind of, you know, she's not one of those uh, reality star people. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, she's just steady. Yeah, you but know? no no drama for sure, right? You know, yeah. just does the job. Uh, likes to be a consensus builder. Likes to, you know, Can there's been some, some critiques. Go ahead. I know we're running over, but I just, I just really want to say this. You know, I don't always believe in an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. I believe in taking the higher road. And I remember our wonderful, beautiful first lady standing up there at the Democratic Convention saying that when they go low, we go high. Okay, yes. When they go low, we go higher to kick them in their butts. Whatever it takes, we go higher to get them out of office. You're right. When they go low, we go higher to tell the truth about who they are because this nice girl nice guy stuff it ain't working well you know is it working is is it working we're worried about andy Barr. we're worried about bill durf we're worried about it should not be any worries and i like what charles booker is saying he's going in every nook and cranny of this state because we don't do the most excellent job of going in all these little small rural towns and these people haven't even seen us, don't know us. And ever since Obama, they think we're just university, latte drinking, <laughs> vegan, Ray-Ban Wayfarer, $200, $300 glass, sunglass wearing with a lot of swag. That's what they think about us. They, Yes, we are educated. Yes, we are drinking Starbucks. If we stop by a Starbucks, they go down. And I, I drink one almost every day. I didn't have one today. And be happy that I didn't because I would be off the rails. But the fact of the matter of it is, all this nice guy stuff has got to stop. And we got to be on the same page. No, oh, when the Republicans are calling... When, when the Republican attack is that you are a groomer, right? Like, the gloves are off, people. I mean, I get it. You don't want to necessarily like jump in the dirt with them, but you got to, like, expose what they're doing. You got to call them out. You got to tell the truth. Like, that's why we call this kernels of truth. We don't want to lie about stuff, but we got to call them out uh, and, you know, and, and respond with the positive vision of what we can do together. And that's what I love about Charles. He's got a very, just a positive vision of rallying people together. I hope he does. Go to the haulers. Uh, I hope he brings, you know, people with him just to make sure he's safe. Uh, but I think it's really important that, you know, that that message gets all throughout this great Commonwealth. Because, you know, these are folks who are Democrats. And, you know, and a lot of them are registered and, Democrats, you know. And a lot of and a lot of Republicans, when they understand that Rand Paul wants to take what little benefits that there are out here, because let us not forget, the courts are backed up, and even if they had 24-hour court, eviction court, it still would be backed up. So these people that were used to getting like these little green stamps or whatever, and the water's not the greatest, and this and that, the education's not the greatest, they are the ones that need to know, look, this is what Charles says, this is what Rand Paul says. 
Oh, oh you and... don't believe me? It was even on Fox. And then but, the other piece that's, I, I think, really critically important is, you know, we got to point out that what what Biden has done, what, a you know, a very closely divided Senate, but a Democrat led Senate was able to get done. Uh, and the checks that are showing up because the projects that are being done, these infrastructure funded efforts, like that's important. Like that's a legacy. And that's that's real benefit to real communities. It's water systems, it's bridges, uh, it's roads, it's high speed Internet. You know, it, a lot of things that are going to make people's life appreciably better. And they got to remind everyone that, yeah, Rand Paul voted against this. Rand Paul, Rand Paul did not want you to have this bridge. Uh, right. Well, and anyone can, can I say this as well? And you guys tell me what you think about this, okay? Yes, we could hit them with the facts and all of that. But some people are so ritualistic. This is my ritual. I voted whatever. So when the general election comes, I don't check off everybody. I just circle Democrat and I'm done, right? So they do the same thing a lot of times. And they have Republicans in their town running that they know, you know, Billy, Billy Bob Joe and, you know, and, you know, whomever that's running for whatever. So they're not going to take that time, but we have to make it worth their while. And sometimes we are so politically savvy and educated, and we have to understand that 97% of our constituency of this state is what you want to categorize as a low information voter. Like, we haven't talked about this, but I'm sure there's some mothers all over Kentucky that's freaking out right now that they can't get baby infant formula. Oh yeah. Did you did you really think about that, Aaron? Did you really I didn't I didn't because you know I, I, if I, have a news, baby I know now, it's an issue. It's certainly something that, you know, if Charles Booker is serious about helping people out, he should find, you know, he should find a hookup and get that out there in the communities. But well, yeah, it's a I supply, get it. it's a supply chain type of issue. So our wonderful president has put forth the production act to get more infant formula made. Okay, I'm not worried about it because if, if I was to be pregnant and have a baby, it would have to definitely be immaculate conception, okay? <laughs> Just telling you, you know, I hey, mm, menopause is a thing. So the fact of it is, is that that's not really your thing, Aaron. Your kids are not, you know, Nima, you know, we didn't really think about that. No, but it's real. But our, it is real. And but it's our motivating, president sure. is thinking about that. Yeah. And those Absolutely. people in those rural areas, and even right here in these metropolitan areas that we live in, have young mothers right now freaking out. I mean, it's been all on social media and everything. When they go in the store, it's it's the, the, the shelves are bare. And they're like, what am I going to do? Okay, well, baby, maybe you should have breastfed for a little bit. But, you know, besides that, maybe their, maybe their child couldn't take it. And they needed the infant formula. So that's the type of things that we need to be telling our people out here. 
These are the type of things that Democrats do. And then maybe it's just jealousy. You want to be a latte drinking. Okay, we can give us some stuff. I think there are a lot of Republicans at Starbucks. All right, so we have to go on. We, we have gone long. We, we're skipping segments because we don't have time. We've got to wrap this show this up. This was fun. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was I'm so glad you came on here because he wasn't even treating me right. I wasn't. He I was, was not. not treating me right at all. I tell you the truth. So thank you for joining us, uh, Nima. I think Kimberly, you can close us out, yes. but I did want to just uh, say next week, uh, you know, we will have a guest this week. We did not have a guest, but uh, very important issues to, to be covered uh, on this show next week. So I hope you will uh, log in. All right, Kimberly, get us out of here. Hey, everybody. It's been a great show tonight. Nima was on here. Aaron, my little brother, you know what little brothers do. They get on your nerves, but you love them. I love Aaron. No, he is the best host this side of the Mississippi. There would be no kernels of truth if it were not for Aaron. And thank you to Nate for doing the production tonight. You did a great job. I felt like Joy Reid, and I really appreciate that. And also the songs that you hear on the opening and the closing, they come from Nate Dog, as I call him. So you can go to his website, which is natosongs.com. N-A-T-O-Songs.com. All of this will be in the description box in the comments below for you if you missed anything. And yes, I think somebody did put uh, Barack's number down there. Uh, give him a call. Let him know uh, what's going on with you in your area. So uh, I got to do like this little... Um, thingamajiggy here called a disclaimer, but I want to let you know that Progress Kentucky is a nonprofit 501c4 and that we are affiliated with the Indivisible Project and the Commonwealth Alliance Voter Engagement, otherwise known as CAVE, all right? And Progress Kentucky's goal is to educate, organize, increase voter turnout, and advance a progressive agenda through civic engagement. Some logo and the logo and some graphics, should I say, were done for us by Couchfire Media. So go to couchfiremedia.com and you'll see some of their great work. Uh, and also the Jones Report is coming this Sunday at 2 p.m. on the Jones Report radio program page. And also there'll be information here on the uh, Progress Kentucky page as well. So we are working very, very, very hard uh, to have Morgan McGarvey on. On Sunday, uh, I was at his party and it was wonderful. And so many people were there. So uh, he's, he's down for it. We just got to get the scheduling together. And if not him, somebody else. Uh, case that equally is great, but somebody else. And if you miss it and your friends missed it, tell them to go on the Progress Kentucky Facebook page and they can see this uh, broadcast uh, replayed for them. And in case you're at work and, you know, your boss doesn't want you looking at stuff on your computer, right? You can put your earphones in, you can put your AirPods in and listen to us on most places where podcasts are heard, like Apple, Spotify, iHeart, and on and on and so forth. So, you know, this is hump week. We've made it halfway there to the stretch line over the weekend. Keep
keep your spirits up. We are making strides in this state to make it purple and eventually it will be blue. So do something nice for somebody, pay it forward and you will be blessed as well. Until then, we'll see you at the same bat channel, bat time right here next week. Bye.